Good morning. Today's, today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20 from the New Living Translation. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again, so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Amen, amen. And thank you so much for coming out this morning. I know that, you know, as I woke up this morning, it took me just a little over an hour to get here because I, I thought 422 was a little clearer than expected, but nah, it didn't happen, you know. Uh, so, but I got here safely, and as we gathered together, I hope that the roads are better uh, now, you know, as you were getting here than they were so early in the morning. But again, I welcome so much. If you're here for the very first time, I am Ricky Ayala. I'm the senior pastor, and I welcome all of you. If you open up your programs, you will notice that there are some fill-in-the-blanks on the right-hand side. Answers to those fill-ins will be up on the screen during my sermon today. We are in our second week of our current theme that's titled, We Can Do More Together with One Voice. Now, as I shared last week, that even though 2018 we unveiled the theme of For Our Neighbor, just because we are in a new year doesn't mean that we do away with everything that was accomplished in 2018 with that theme. In fact, our goal is to build upon what we started with for our neighbor as we come together, do how we can do more together and accomplish more things. And of course, having that one voice. Uh, last week when we began this series, we talked about how working together is not optional. I mean, it's a requirement. The Bible also says that even though there are many members, we form that one body. You can't say to the hand, I don't need you. You can't say to the feet, I don't need you. It is not optional. It is something that God wants us to work together to form that one body, the Holy Spirit working in our midst to be the hands and feet and the voice of Jesus Christ out in the world that is in need of hope, in need of love, in need of joy, in need of peace, and many other things that God represents and wants people to receive and live abundantly. Now, this week, we're going to uh, talk about how working together keeps us right with God and each other. Again, how the working together keeps us right with God and each other. But let me just pause for a word of prayer at this time before I continue. Almighty God, we're so thankful that you allow us to be here safely. Those who weren't able to be here today, Lord, be with them. And, and as uh, hopefully they'll also be able to hear it on, online, this message, um, that they can receive the word of this week. As we continue with this series, now utilize me in a very powerful way that people are able to receive it and then how it can uh, be practical and related to everyday life. I ask all this in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
All right, so the scripture today is based on the book of Matthew, chapter 18, began with instructions of Jesus and telling when someone, a believer specifically, when a believer sins against you. That's what the Bible is saying here. When a believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the person, uh, if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by the two or three witnesses. Now, if the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Now, one of the first points I want to share with you today is that working, uh, there is accountability when we are together. There is accountability when we are together. And in ways that uh, when Jesus is talking about when a believer sins against you. So in essence, the interpretation is he's talking about a church setting when a believer sins against you. So there is accountability that needs to happen in the midst of a church, not just because you're going as an individual and knowing that you have that relationship with God. It is important that we work together. But in working together, there is accountability. And making sure that we stay straight and then forward looking at Jesus in the midst of everything else that can happen around us to support each other, hold each other accountable. When we come to worship, in the midst of coming to worship and putting everything else aside, holding each other accountable when we're singing together, when we're praying together, when we share, shake hands and share the peace of Jesus Christ with each other and saying, welcome, you belong here. I'm so happy that you're here this morning. We come together with one mind and one mindset should be only to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes, many of us are, are thinking about what's ha going to happen later on today, about the game, you know, the food that you're going to prepare, the, uh, are the chicken wings already ordered, or whatever it may be. Put that stuff aside, because we're coming together and holding each other accountable, making sure that we're giving all that we can to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So what happens here, there's an accountability when we are together. So there's an accountability when there's worship. There's an accountability in Sunday school. There's an accountability in Kidman programs, in the Apex program of youth ministries. There's an accountability in, in creative moments as they hold each and the children and the parents, knowing them that we love them and we care for them and we give them spiritual nourishment. There's accountability and celebrate recovery. And there's accountability in other areas of ministry, including missions and outreach and many others. We hold each other accountable. In the midst of the sermon uh, or the services, we pause just like Pastor Todd did today. In the midst of the service, we pause for prayers. We hold each other accountable. And one way we can do that when we are together is that whether it's joys or the concerns, we hold each other accountable. Someone that is sitting here may be celebrating a joy, but next to them or behind them or somewhere area in the worship uh, uh, temple, we are, someone is dealing with a concern. We come together, hold each other accountable in a way that we can pray for joys. The joys of, of getting another promotion or pay increase. The joy of, of uh, uh, announcing that they're going to have a child or, or my firstborn or second or third or whatever it may be. Or as a grandparent, I'm going to be a grandparent. We want to share in that joy. 
And then others be like, I'm going to get married. And some people be like, I don't know that's a joy. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> when we come together as a joy, we hold each other accountable, but also how we can hold each other accountable as brothers and sisters in Christ when there is a concern in our midst, when there is a health issue that we want to pray for, when there is a, the, a death of a loved one that no longer is here with us, that we want to be able to be there for you, holding us accountable as brothers and sisters in Christ. When you have lost, a, uh, when you have lost your, your job, you know, been laid off, or you're going through financial struggles, how we can hold each other accountable, making sure that we're in this together. How we can learn from each other. Some people have difficulties with budgeting things. Other people are great at it. Maybe come together and combining each other and saying, this is how I can be able to help you. I can't help you financially, but I can help you how to budget and do a spending plan. Coming together holds an accountability in our lives. When Jesus is saying here, if a, a believer sins against you, Jesus already knew when two come together, it's not always rosy. It's not always agreeing on everything. But when you disagree, what happens? When there's a disagreement and someone sins against you, the Bible is telling us and Jesus is telling us that we are to approach the individual privately. Take them aside and say, look, this is how you sinned against me. This is what you did. This is how you offended me. Pull them aside. But they're making sure that when I'm saying this, I want to clarify something. It is for, for you to go to the offender. Someone offends you. See, here's what happens. You don't have to raise your hand, okay, because you may know some people like this. Here's what happens. Someone is offended, and instead of going straight to that person, they go to somebody else. Girl, let me tell you something. <laughs> do you know what this person did to me here and there but all of a sudden gossip starts happening jesus already knew that when two people have a disagreement is making sure that they mend the relationships go and approach them privately not in front of everybody pull them aside privately and say this is what you did this is what you said this is how it affected me or other people around me it is so important that the one, that the key importance here is that the one that was offended or that was sinned against go and make that step. Because you know what? Sometimes the uh, quote-unquote offender didn't even know that they offended you in the first place. There was uh, a few uh, years ago in another church, a church member came to me and says, Pastor, I've been struggling because you said this, you know, at this day, you, know, uh, you said this. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I didn't say that this past week. No, no, that was a little over a year ago. What? I mean, I'm glad they came and, and told me, but I'm thinking, I don't even remember what the conversation was. So the ma main thing here is when I say that, it's so important when someone offends you, when something goes wrong, so maybe you may misunderstood something, maybe what they were trying to say wasn't shared cor uh, uh, correctly or, or how it was handled uh, correctly, but making sure that it is as, as, as soon as it's fresh, you go and approach it, you try to correct it. Don't wait, ladies and gentlemen, until something has happened and then another thing, you, you let it go, yeah, another thing piles up and then another one piles up and then another piles up. And by the time that you go and share with the individual, even if you have the courage to be able to do that, you're actually blowing up. 
instead of saying, my goodness, you should have told me that before. I didn't realize that I was offending you or, or, or what I said or what, what I did. And, and, and here's what happens. When you approach it, sometimes there's the, those misunderstandings are then corrected. This, this happened to me several times. Individuals come to me, you know, even in the past, and they say, look, Pastor, this is what you, you, this is what you did. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I don't, uh, thank you for letting me know. I should have elaborated a little more because this is what I meant. Oh, okay, I, I got, now I see it. See, that there's something that was a misunderstanding that was corrected, and that's when the Bible is saying here, when the person, the quote-unquote offender, then confesses it. It's like saying, oh, yes, I did say that. My bad. I'm sorry. I should have said this, 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 so that way it, it, you fully understood. And then what happens is your relationship gets, actually gets stronger because you start to get to know each other better. The way that you speak, sometimes individuals texting or an email, you really don't know what tone another person is, is saying. But if you know that person, you sometimes already hear them speak and be like, no, no, that's, at, that, at that point, this person's not raising their voice. They're just saying it like this because you know the individual. It's so important that Jesus is telling us and instructing us as believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, sons and daughters of the Almighty God, to make sure that we are working together and that there is accountability in our midst. So make sure that if you have someone that has offended you, you go and approach them privately, not in front of everybody else. Now, of course, if they don't receive it, you know, then that's when the Bible is saying there's an accountability of bringing two or three others so that way there is a witness and no false things are, are taking place. We hold each other accountable through prayer. And I remember uh, years ago as uh, I was talking to pastors, they were saying, hey, hey with the social media stuff, I just want to let you know that sometimes people are upset at a church because we didn't visit them. We didn't, you know, uh, or they were ill in a home or, or in a hospital. And then they come at us and say, you know, you didn't visit us. You didn't do this. And we're, the, the pastor was like, we don't know. I mean, we didn't know about it. Well, I posted it on Facebook. Uh, church, I encourage you. If you are uh, feeling, not feeling well. If you need a visit, call the church. You know, don't, don't get upset at the church. You know, I'm not saying that happens here. I'm saying it, I'm just trying to prevent it from happening. If, if don't, don't just post it on, on Facebook and just hope that somebody sees it in order to get contacted. No, don't, don't do that. I encourage you. I don't want to be what, like one of those pastors that have to, have to deal with those situations. When we come together, I'm specifically speaking about the offenses and the misunderstandings in a church setting as Jesus is instructing his people. But you can utilize this in your home. The relationship that you have with your spouse, the relationship that you have with your children, you can do it at, at your work. You don't have to necessarily say, according to Matthew 18, you can just act upon it, you can just do it. Why? Because the main purpose as found in the, in the verse 15, the second part, second sentence, it says that if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. You have won that person back. Um, let's go to verse 19 and 20. The Bible says, I also tell you this. If two of you agree on, uh, on earth concerning anything else you ask, anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. 
You see, the very first step, uh, the, the, the second point I want to share with you is that when we agree upon a direction, it will be done by God the Father. But the very first part is that when we agree on something, that, that, is, a, that is the will of God in a way that, but we have to be together. Working together, holding each other accountable. So the first step is making sure that you must be right with your brothers and sisters in Christ. The book of Matthew chapter 5 verses 22 to 23 and 24, the Bible says this. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God. God wants his people to live in peace, united, uh, uh, accountable to what we're doing. And then in 1 John chapter 4, verses 20 to 21, the Bible says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You see, last week when we said about, you know, love as, love, as Jesus loved us, it's so important that love is a main part in our relationships with each other. And the second step is that if we, if two agree, God will move. We need more than two or three. As many of you know, we need more than two or three to uh, purchase the, the, the YMCA or any other thing. So for those of you who weren't here last week, for the sake of those, I want to share with you that our due diligence process for the YMCA expired on December 28th. So that means that it is fair game right now for any organization or, or, or company or individual that wants to purchase this land, purchase this building, it's fair game. But what happens in the midst of the fair game is that we are still part of that fair game. So just because the due diligence expired, we have learned so much, allowing us to know the inspections and everything that took place in those 75 days that we had. It expired, but just because that paperwork expired, the building is still available and it's still fair game. So we're trying to see what we can do, especially in the times of the seasons of giving. It was during Christmas time. It was so busy. So we want to focus and see, because if it's not the YMCA, our need right now is understanding that we need room. We need more space. So what can we do in order to continue to grow and not hold up the process? So here, uh, the third point is that God's presence is with us when we are together. In September 2017, our leadership council and our staff, they met together in one of the rooms downstairs, and we talked about the vision, because many of you know that I came in July uh, 1st, 2017. I wanted to get to know what the church is uh, all about and what its ministries and what it's needed, because I'm following a pastor that was a founding pastor, and Pastor Dave Lewis, he was here for 30 years. and I, So we met together, and I facilitated a vision workshop that allowed them to post up what's needed, where, where can we go? And so one of the questions that was asked was like, what is the average attendance in worship services between Saturday and Sunday, you know, all together on the weekend? So we found out that there were 795 in average in worship in 2017. And so the challenge was out there, okay, what can we do in order to increase by 10% the next five years? 
10%, 10%, 10%, and continue on for the next five years. And so that where there was a challenge, so we put out this For Our Neighbor campaign and, and a theme and being intentional of reaching out in our community as well as revitalizing the ministries that are happening in the church. And so this was the result. Do you think that uh, we increased or decreased or stayed the same? How many of you think uh, we increased? Oh, man. You think we increased? <laughs> we should all celebrate. 832 on average in 2018. That means it was a difference or increase of 37 on average on a, on a, uh, for worship on a weekend basis. And so it, the, the, the difference was, you know, it was a 4.7% increase. And some of you who may be a half-empty type of cup, you know, it's like, yeah, you know what, you said 10%. We didn't reach it, you know. <laughs> there has to be a goal that needs to be set. And therefore, when we set 10%, we did reach, we didn't make it. But you know what? If we strive for something, and we did, there was a 4.7% increase. That means that even if a church is already large enough, you know, you think of this church as a large church, doesn't mean that we just stay where we are. There's still people on our in, in our community that needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. There's people out there who are de-churched or, or no longer go to church on a regular basis. We can be the church for them. So there in 2019, I'm asking for another 10% increase. Let's strive together and knowing that this theme is that we can do more together. It's not on me. It's not just on my staff or the volunteers that do this on a regular basis every weekend, in and out, on everyday basis, but we all can come together and work together. And I want, let me end with this. Colossians 3, verse 12 to 15, the Bible says this. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Last week, as we talked about love each other the same way that Jesus loves you, the Bible is also telling us, making sure that we understand that we need to learn how to forgive each other the same way that the Lord has forgiven us. Love, forgiveness, holding each other accountable to the way of Jesus Christ and the ways of God. So this week, I pray as you've heard this message, go ahead and identify someone in your life that you need to restore your relationship with and find ways to mend it, ladies and gentlemen. We also encourage you to memorize uh, John chapter 13, verse 35, where the Bible says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And of course, if you need prayer after the service, our lay pastors and Stephen ministers will be up front. We'd love to be, and be able to pray with you. There are some of you who are still having some type of bitterness in your life. And if that's the case, because something, that a hurt that somebody else has done years before, 
or maybe a loved one that is no longer with you, but you're still holding on to something you need to release. God wants you to release it, and that way you can live your life abundantly and and different in 2019 without holding that bitterness that's going to hold you down and affect the way that you view the world, the way that you view your other brothers and sisters in Christ, and knowing that there is some, there's, there's, there's a power, there is power in forgiveness. So I encourage you, and they'll be willing to pray with you. And that's next week. I, do, uh, I know that the weather, I, they said that it doesn't look real good here and there, but if it does happen that you're able to come out and bring your family and friends, because we are going to discuss how working together help us, helps us accomplish more. Let's continue to learn how we can do more together with one voice. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we are so thankful for your love and guidance. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you allow us to be here safely, to hear your word today, knowing that we can identify individuals that have wronged us or offended us or hurt us. It's tough to be able to go and have that courage sometimes to approach them. But we heard, Lord, today that if a believer sins against us, that we are to go privately and let them know how the relationship can be mended. Help us because we may be the ones that offended others and sometimes we don't even know about it. So we all ask for forgiveness. We all ask that you lead us and guide us. Make a difference in our lives that we can make a difference in others. Let us be the hands and feet, the voice of Jesus Christ in the world that is hurting. Be the light in the midst of darkness that we can share our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ with others. Be with us, Lord, through your precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.